Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan, joined as always by Will Schroeder, my friend, the founder and CEO of startups.com. Will, we always set out to accomplish lots of stuff with our startups, but getting bags under our eyes, uh, love handles, wrinkles, gray hair, no hair, these weren't really part of the brochure and not necessarily things that we, we set out <laughs> to gain, but I seem to have gained some of those. When does this stop? Well, if you're <laughs> about, I was going to say never, and I think that's, that's the wrong answer, but if we're treating ourselves like we typically treat ourselves at a startup, it's only going to get worse. I mean, it's, it's bananas how shitty we treat ourselves in spite of the fact, in spite of the fact we know the opposite. We're all smart people. We know that we should be trying to perform at the best that we possibly can. And yet we do everything possible to destroy ourselves or more specifically, let ourselves become destroyed. So I think what would be interesting in this episode is talking about what happens. How do we let ourselves get to this point? And more, most importantly, being very clear that it is actually not okay to destroy ourselves, to go through this process and physically and mentally and emotionally destroy ourselves. I think we've got to unpack that because we think that it's the cost of doing business and it's not. It is the cost of mismaintaining ourselves and there's nothing else to it. Yeah, that's absolutely it. That's absolutely it. So where does it start? Right. I mean, like, as it starts early, right? It starts with the idea that, you know, there's this mountain of work in front of us that we have to do. And therefore, we just have to begin to sacrifice. And like, time is the only resource I have that I can plow into this. And so I'll just start to spend all my time on this, ergo, all my energy, ergo, not sleeping, not exercising, not doing those things. This is the genesis of it. Yeah. I, well, I think what happens, and this has become kind of part of the startup ethos, which is, this is all about sacrifice. If you're not sacrificing, you're not building a startup. If you're not sacrificing, you're not truly a startup founder. And there's some truth to that. How could there not be, right? This is a sacrifice. We sacrifice many things, but to what end and to what limit? What is the limit at which point we're not willing to sacrifice anymore? At which point are we actually hurting ourselves more than we're helping ourselves? For example, at which point We've ruined all the relationships in our lives. Is that too much? Kind of feels like too much. Sounds like too much. Yeah. <laughs> At which point we're wildly unhealthy. We've gained X amount of pounds. And I don't just mean a, a couple of pounds here and there. I mean, the point to where we are physically unhealthy beasts, right? What happened there? Why were we willing to sacrifice so much? Why were we willing to let all this go? We won't even talk about the financial sacrifices and everything there. We do a whole episode. <laughs> different on that, episode. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Different episodes. But physically, mentally, emotionally, beating ourselves into the ground. And the worst part about it, feeling good about it, feeling good to the extent that we think it's noble. We think it's noble. We think other people, yeah, we brag about how hard we're working and how much we're doing at every cost we could possibly take to ourselves. Why do you think that is? Yeah, the nobility aspect of this for so many reasons, right? And and we've we've talked about this in a couple other episodes whereby we get all kinds of pressure as startup founders, right? Because we chose to do this, right? And so it's one of those things that you'll hear the minute you start to complain about your startup to somebody who's not in a startup, they're like, well, you decided to do this. You picked this life. This is right. And so there's this sense that like I have to show 
that I'm putting in effort, that I am suffering and that I'm doing something, right? This isn't just me being unemployable. This isn't just me being lazy. This isn't just me not getting a job. So there's all of these weird, like external emotional forces that make us feel like we have to somehow demonstrate this. Like it's like going through the streets and then flagellating ourselves to show that, you know, like, hey, look, <laughs> we are really working hard at this, right? I'm literally hurting myself to do this. I was going to say, I think there's a culture to it. I think we built this culture. Ryan, you and I are, are at the heart of this culture that got us here, this work hard, play hard. And no one stops and says, well, work exactly how hard and again, and at what cost? At what point do we look around and say, you know what? I actually feel like shit. Not I'm just tired, right? Not that that's okay. Not that I'm just tired anymore. I actually am not okay, right? I may be in a depressive state not okay, right? Not something we can, can look over or overlook, right? I may be in a state where physically I'm having panic attacks, right? So my heart's stopping, like-minded, right? I can tell you firsthand when, when your heart stops, you're pretty much dead, right? So not okay. Death is pretty bad, right? There's a part where we push so hard. We talk to founders all day about this. We talk to them about how hard they're running their bodies. And we say, when's the last time you took a day off? Well, I haven't taken a day off because I've been working so much. And that sounds, again, it sounds mighty, right? Oh, I haven't, you know, been worked so hard. Yeah, there's there's some chest pounding to that at some point, yep. I was the king of that chest pounding. Yeah. Yep. And to this day, we, we talk, tell those stories where I worked every waking hour for years and years and years. And you know, I look back, at all of those years, and I think to myself, what an idiot, right? I look back and I thought, I think to myself, you could have played that so much differently and you chose not to. What's worse, while you were doing it, this is young me, I was so proud of it. I held it as such a badge of honor that I was in the office later than anybody else, that I was working harder than anybody else, that I was getting less sleep than anybody else. And I was like, look at me. I'm committed. Yeah. And I look back and I was like, you're an <laughs> idiot. idiot. Yep. <laughs> you could yeah. have gotten all that done and taken as many vacations as you needed. Maybe it's not as many as you wanted. You could have done so many other things. You could have had so many better relationships in your life. You could have, oh my God. I look back and I was like, what a giant mistake. Hence this show. Right. Yeah. You know, I think that you asked, like, where's that point? And, and you've brought up a whole bunch of them. And I think that generally speaking, right, the, the easy answer that's hard to find is at the point of diminishing return, right? At the point where it starts to truly cost you more than it's benefiting you. And, and I think this is, this is a place where we get this math wrong every time. We assume that each extra hour, each extra day that we put in that we didn't actually have to, has some sort of magical compounding effect, right? That somehow that like those those hours between eight and midnight that nobody else was working are, are worth even more. It's the fucking opposite. They're worth less. You are not <laughs> at your best. Your next day is gonna be screwed up because of it. It's just a downhill slope and it's a diminishing return. This is the point at which you need to be able to recognize and say, okay, enough is enough. This is the point of too much, right? Again, easy for me to say that, very simple concept. It can be really hard to find that point, but you have to. And I think that's the other side of this is you have to be aware that this stuff is going to happen and that it cannot be left as a circumstance of what will be, will be. Well, what will be at the end is you will be a heap of a human who's barely recognizable from the person who started their startup company, and that will be a sad failure. 
And there's so much cost. I'll never yes. forget. This is like circa 2008. I don't remember exactly. Of course you don't. It's 2008. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out to dinner with a bunch of founders. It was like nine o'clock maybe. And as we're leaving our restaurant, wherever we're at, uh, we're walking back and there's a group of us. And Jason Nazar, who's the founder of, at the time of a co company called DocStock, great guy. Uh, we were walking by his office and Jason says, hey, I want to show you guys something. We go into his office. Most of his staff is still there. It's nine o'clock on like a Tuesday, right? And, and they had no plans of leaving. And Jason said he was going back to work. So like what he was saying is, hey, I'm going to stop by here, but I'm actually going to go back to my desk and go keep working. And so is my staff about midnight. And I remember at the time, being so envious to give you a sense for how off my compass was, right? I was like, man, what a champion. This guy is not only willing to, you know, to commit those hours, right? Yep. But at the same time, he's got his whole staff doing it too. And now I look back and this isn't to disparage Jason. This is about me, not him. Now I look back and think how much better would have been to have just sent all those people home, you know, to be with their families, to rest, to rejuvenate, to recoup, to sleep. So when they come back tomorrow, because there's going to be another day after this one, <laughs> they're actually better off. Yep. And it took me so long. It didn't occur to me at all. That night, again, I was in the polar opposite camp. I was like, oh my, if you can work all night, get your staff to work all night, you guys are committed. And now it's like, why would we think we could defy the laws of human physics? <laughs> like, like I could just keep burning energy and not put any energy back. What a miss. Yeah. And the even sadder part of that is and we talk about uncertainty in, in startup land all the time, right? It's most of what we're doing is uncertain. This is where it really pains me to see people do this. Because let's say you're a high price corporate attorney. And you want to burn those midnight hours, right? You've got a billable rate. You know exactly what the benefit of that time put in is. As a startup founder, you absolutely do not have any calculable idea of what the value of, of a return on that is. And so you're just spending into this void where there's highly unlikely a financial return or even a company growth return. And to your point, you're making tomorrow worse and the next day worse and the next day worse. And you're just wearing yourself out without any real measurable return, or at least without any certainty of that return. And it just kills me to watch people do this to themselves, serially. Agreed. But we all believe that other people want us to do this. Now, here is the, the big illusion. <laughs> this is the grand illusion. If, there, if there's any one part of this episode that I want you to kind of double click on, it's this one. We all believe someone else wants us to do it. And we have this mythical force. I know I did, and I'm sure you did too, Ryan. This mythical force, this third person, and this one thing that cannot be validated that wants us to do this. For example, when my investors put money into me, they, they expect me to do this. Do they? Have you asked them specifically exactly how much of my health should I be sacrificing for your money? I guarantee it won't be as much as you're about to sacrifice. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they have no interest in seeing you destroy yourself. It's actually the worst thing because they actually need you to be healthy to see this whole thing through. So actually being unhealthy. What are some of the other ones that you think of? The, the invisible forces that maybe pushed you along and you were convinced they were right. 
and they, they wanted you to do this? At the early stages, I think it was, I think it was those, the pressures that I talked about earlier, which is like the, the friends and family, given the timing of when I started the first business, uh, to some degree, like college professors and advisors and other people in that academic environment who were watching me sacrifice and sort of like, to me, it felt like I had to do this. I had to prove I had to go above and beyond, or I had to maintain the grades. I had to do all the stuff. And I had to show that I could put in a 40 hour work week. And then another 40 hour work week on top of that, just to prove that I, that I could. Right. And again, nobody was asking me for that. Nobody was like, you know, if you're going to do this, we're going to need to see you kill yourself to prove that you meant it. <laughs> right. Nobody, literally nobody. And in fact, quite the opposite. And I'm sure the same thing happened to you at those early stages. I had people asking me like, are, are you okay? Like, are you thinking that maybe this is a bit too much? Are you biting off more than you can chew? And I was like, everything's fine here, right? Like, no, I'm good. Uh, and I wasn't good, right? I wasn't good. I think I talked about this in, in an episode some time ago, but there was a point at which the sound of my cell phone ringing would induce a near narcoleptic episode because it was like there was this huge amount of anxiety around what that phone call was going to bring with it. Does that sound healthy? It's not. It's not. Now I wish that when my phone rang, I would go to sleep. I would use that every night. I'd be like, hey, call me. <laughs> I think of all the things that I genuinely believed were a, a, a right for me to stay up later or to work harder or really to destroy my health is what we're really talking about. Okay, work harder can be taken in the, the wrong context. Destroy our health cannot be taken in the wrong context, right? I thought as a company was growing, we added more employees. I needed to be there. I needed to be there before they were there. So I needed to be there at like 6 or 7 a.m. On a, on a at a regular time. I needed to be there after they left because I had to show them that I was willing to work harder. Mostly bullshit, by the way. They didn't care. They just want to go home. Second, I was like, it's okay if I sacrifice myself so long as all the people that believed in me know that I'm willing to work this hard to get it right. done. Right, exactly. And then you zoom out and you're like, did you ask them that or did you make that up? and then systematically destroy yourself to support some goal that no one ever set out for you. It's this ridiculous, amorphous, completely made up goal that we continually chase, that we continually ruin ourselves for. And after a while, if we looked at it, if we looked at it rationally and we said, who told me that? Who told me exactly that the way I'm feeling right now, I should be feeling it and that should happen exactly Nobody. And yet we're convinced. What about when you thought about future family, when you thought, like, you know, future wife, kids, et cetera, how much pressure did you create for yourself on giving them a better life? You know, something that's really funny about everything we talk about here is that none of it is new. Everything you're dealing with right now has been done a thousand times before you, which means the answer already exists. You may just not know it, but that's okay. That's kind of what we're here to do. We talk about this stuff on the show, but we actually solve these problems all day long at groups.startups.com. So if any of this sounds familiar, stop guessing about what to do. Let us just give you the answers to the test and be done with it. Oh, man. Oh, my God. So like, and it's funny how far back that goes, because at that point I was 
young and, and nowhere near marriage, uh, nowhere near marriage material. And nobody would have had me at that point. Um, <laughs> and, and yet even then it was like, I was wanting to create these situations and saying, you know, investing this time now, working hard now, we'll create these other opportunities in the future. And we talked about this just a couple episodes ago, but you know, I was highly driven by performance. I was highly driven by this idea that, you know, a lot of my family were high performers in, in some categories. You know, they were doctors and lawyers and, and, and whatever, right? And so that the, these were performant people and that there was a standard that I would need to live up to. And a lot of that was driven by my dad. Not negatively so, but like there was this sense, right? And a lot of what I planned around was like, how will I create that same opportunity? How will I create that same situation? How am I going to be able to take a year and a half off in the middle of my career and drive around the United States in a motorhome with my kids, right? How am I going to do all these things? And so there was that level of pressure. And again, like these kids didn't even exist yet. Right? <laughs> they were even glimmers in my eye at that point nothing. And yet I was already starting to put pressure on myself so that I could create this future situation where I could do those things, whether they wanted to or not. Well, they certainly didn't want to, they didn't exist yet. Right. And so, yeah, there, it, it can come, it can come from anywhere. Right. What's interesting is I'm not sure that had like those ideas not existed, that something else wouldn't have just simply taken its place. Yeah. It, it almost doesn't matter, you know, which thing it is. That's it, it. It feels like there's this sort of this performance need void that exists within founders where we feel like we have to make these sacrifices. And, and I, honestly, I'm trying to think of like what the origin story for this would have been. How did we all get fooled into this? There's certainly plenty of examples of it now, but like, where did it start and who the hell kept telling this damn story? I find them, I'm going to shake them. I feel like it's a projection. Um, and so, you know, I'll give you my version. My version is, you know, we've talked about this before. I, I had a tough childhood and I wanted to run as far from that as possible. You know, I wanted to be able to kind of build my own thing. And I wanted to be able to build a life that didn't rely on other people in that same way. Entrepreneurship sort of, if it goes well is the way of doing it. It does goes poorly is not the best way route to this. But my concept was simply, I want to be able to provide a life for my kids, for my family that I did not have. Well, what is that? That's me projecting what I didn't have onto them. In the same way, parents do this all the time. Oh Don't you God. find it yeah. funny that parents just inherently, whether they realize or not, project all their shit onto their kids, right? If they were great academic students, then they think academics is all that matters for kids, right? If they were entrepreneurs like us, then they think kids should be entrepreneurial, right? It's funny how these kids had no input on any of this, my kids, my kids have no input on this. They don't care that they got to go to a private school. <laughs> that wasn't what they were all about. They would have gone to any school. They don't know the difference, right? I took what mattered to me and created this kind of paper demon, if you will. We've talked about this, you know, in another episode. I don't, take, I don't want to call my, my kids paper demons, but I created this thing where my future kids are somehow talking down to me, where they're saying, no, daddy, you have to work harder. We have to get a better life. And it turns out they didn't say any of these things. For me to say I was doing it for them, it sounds true. But if I'm being honest, I was doing it for myself. Oh, yeah. You were doing it so you could say you did it for them, right? That's it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But but it's it's such an easy target because the moment we put our kids on the block and say it's for them, it's because of them, et cetera, then there is no limit. Both of us would go to the ends of the earth, and most parents would for their kids regardless of whoever asked them whether they wanted any of this. More often than not, when you talk to kids and say, what do you wish your parents gave you more of when they were younger? What do they say? Skittles, Skittles. 
Time. Oh, time, it, right, it, time. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I just answer. wanted more Skittles. <laughs> they just wanted more time with you, which ironically is the first thing to go when we're going out and building our startups, right? My kids won't look back and say, dad, I wish you had put more money in our trust fund or college account or whatever it might be. Oh, they'd probably say that too. But <laughs> yeah, I was, they might. <laughs> if you were never there for me, right? At the track meet or at the soccer game or whatever it was, right? If you were never there for me, that's all I cared about. I just don't want to look in the stands and not see you there. That's what I cared about as a kid, right? Whether or not we had more money to do X, Y, Z, that was what you wanted to accomplish. So don't put that on me. And by way of that, if you're out there killing yourself, don't blame me. It wasn't right. on me. If you look at all these things, Ryan, if you look at all of these targets that we use, the investors, the employees, the children, whatever, None of them are saying what we think that they're saying. It's all bullshit, which kills me, right? It does. So many of these things that we discuss in this podcast come down to self-inflicted punishment, self-inflicted stress, self-inflicted anxieties, simply because we don't adjust for some things that need to be adjusted for. I think this is one of the, one of the things that I'm starting to, to have a better understanding of is that because this is a specific lifestyle, there are some things that come with it. There are some necessary changes. There are some necessary observations and concessions that we that we need to make in order to be performant, right? They're not necessarily even sacrifices. They turn into sacrifices because we don't properly adjust. We don't give it the weight that it has. I had a conversation with a founder last week around this specifically because he was feeling a little tired, a little burnt out little like he was slogging through the mud and didn't have an exit just from the mud not an exit from the company not even close to that but just even getting through this current state and we started to talk about the fact that like well did you make any necessary changes to account for the fact that this isn't your old job because that was one of the places that he took it. He's like, you know, I used to be, you know, a high performer. I used to be a, you know, you know, one of the top this and that. And I said, yeah, in an environment where there was certainty around this type of input will get you this type of output and you get this result, right? That's not where we are. And so you have to adjust for that because if what you're saying was before, you would put in as much energy as needed to achieve the thing and then you knew you could you could stop cool but what happens when there's no certainty when there's no measure there's no meter there's no top line you can't see when you're redlining did you account for that did you adjust for that and the answer was you know across the board no and this is where we start to get ourselves in trouble because this isn't like another job. This isn't like another lifestyle. And I'm not trying to make this sound like more than is. I'm not dramatizing here, but it is very different. And it requires a different mindset. It requires different decisions and actions, things that would otherwise not be a sacrifice and not cost you in what I'm just going to call normal life, normal career will cost you as a startup founder. They will compound. They will hurt you if you don't take adequate action to avoid them, minimize them, so forth. Well, here's the contradiction of all of it, though. For as much as we are all about how hard we work and how much we're killing ourselves, that is the polar opposite <laughs> yep. of what we actually need to do in order to be performant, to be at the top of our game. And so here's the part that kills me. When people go all Gary V about this, about you have to work hard and kill yourself and all these things. 
I think to myself, and I, and I ask these folks, let me ask you this. Do you honestly think that by working all the time, not sleeping, being a poor physical state, mental state, emotional state, that you're at the top of your game? Aren't you actually at the bottom of your game? I think if, if we thought of ourselves as founders, as professional athletes in the athlete, our, our sport, if you will, is entrepreneurship. And we thought ourselves as professional athletes who in their right mind would say that I'm going to be at the top of my game and I'm going to win championships by getting no sleep, being chronically depressed, bad (laughs) diet, right? No supplementation, right? How, who would ever think that that's actually the way you're going to be at the top of your game? What professional athlete would ever give that response? And yet here we are as professional athletes, maybe Charles Barkley, but. Yeah. yeah, who knows, right? Like, it's crazy. And like, from our standpoint, as founders, we don't take that stuff seriously. And I just want to expand that for a second. We've talked about this in other episodes. If we don't take it seriously, it means our staff doesn't take it seriously because we lead by example. That is definitely true. And now what we're doing is compounding this problem. Not only are we saying that we're not going to be healthy, we're not going to be able to survive, but we're actually going to expand that out to all of our staff as well. I'll give an example. And this is a tough one because it's so kind of vaunted, but we look at somebody like Elon Musk, who is championing the fact that he wants everybody to work crazy hours, 100-hour weeks. That, that's how I want it to kill. And you ask yourself, while that sounds noble in the traditional startup sense, and Ryan, you and I both did it for a very long time, so we get it. Yes, we did. Carried this, Carried that shield. What we wished, I wished I had listened to this podcast back then and said, oh, huh, that actually just makes a ton of sense, right? Yeah, if I get no sleep, I'm not going to perform better tomorrow. Same thing with that Jason Nazar doc stock example I gave you. If he was really smart about motivating his staff, he would have made sure they got home, made sure they ate well, made sure they, they got to bed early and got plenty of sleep. And he would have been saying, I want top performers and top performers take their health as a major milestone, a, a building block. Yes. And, and not just athletics, right? You're not talking about just athletes now, right? People who are top performers tend to optimize all aspects of their life because they understand that's how it works. It's a system, right? You can't be, you know, letting your sleep and your health slide on one side and be highly mentally performant on the other, right? Getting all these things in some level of balance is, is super important. Right. I'll, I'll use the example of my whoop strap, which I've probably talked about on, on other episodes. And no, I don't have an affiliate link. Don't ask. I uh, just go buy one. They're, they're amazing. But what this thing helped me figure out was as I was trying to get back on this journey of being a performant athlete and, and being able to compete again, I was doing the same thing I did. I took the same, same startup mentality go hard, go crazy, train as much as I can. And just, and what, I, what did I do? I wore myself out. I wore myself out. I wore myself (laughs) down. I injured myself and I had to stop for a while. All right. And so what, what this thing helped me to do, and it's just, just a metaphor for, for taking care of ourselves and thinking about these things. It helped me balance my output, which is measured against my recovery, which is measured against my sleep, which is, which is measured. I had to see it. And once I could see it and understand it, and it's funny, but now like I know what kind of work day I'm going to have based on this thing now, right? This isn't just about my athletic performance, it's about my overall performance. I know if I had a shit night's sleep 
and I had a huge strain day yesterday, today's not going to be a day for high cerebral work because I'm not going to have the processing power to do that, right? I'm not going to have the energy. I'm not going to have the creativity. And so, you know, whether or not you get to the point where you're scientifically measuring this stuff or not doesn't really matter, highly encourage it, but being deliberate about balancing these things in your life can make a major difference between kind of like, and well, I was gonna say it's not life or death, but can get pretty damn close, right? You got pretty damn close to life or death moment. And so we have to treat these things seriously. And we do have at our fingertips, the ability to measure some of this stuff and to take care of ourselves in a way that allows us to peak perform, right? Not every day, not all the time, because that's literally against the definition of peak performance. That would just be plateaued performance. And it would probably be a very low plateau because you just wear yourself out. I think when we look at, at our lives and we say, hey, I haven't taken a vacation in a long time. I'm not exercising anymore. I've got a terrible emotional state. Instead of calling those the costs of being a founder, the costs of running a startup, we need to take that off the table. We can take that vocabulary off the table. We need to talk about that as you being a shitty manager of yourself. And at which point you can't be a good manager of yourself. There's no way you're going to be a good manager of your career, your startup, or the entire group of people that you're set out to employ, that your job is to look over. And until we change that, until we change that within ourselves, we're never going to do our jobs as well as we want. So in addition to all the stuff related to founder groups, you've also got full access to everything on startups.com. That includes all of our education tracks, which will be funding, customer acquisition, even how to manage your monthly financers. There's so much stuff in there. All of our software, including BizPlan for putting together detailed business plans and financials, LaunchRock for attracting early customers, and of course, Fundable for attracting investment capital. When you log into the startups.com site, you'll find all of these resources available. 